0: I'm Cameron Strang, and welcome to Unedited. My guest today is artist, activist, and founder of The Giving Keys, Caitlin Crosby. I first learned about Caitlin from a mutual friend, photographer Jeremy Cowart, about a decade ago. She was a touring artist at the time and had started a really interesting idea of making custom jewelry from repurposed keys to connect people, share empowering messages, and actually help lift people out of homelessness in Los Angeles. In the 10 years since they started, The Giving Keys has now generated more than 150,000 hours of work for people transitioning out of homelessness. It's exploded. I wanted to sit down with Caitlin to talk to her about the growth of The Giving Keys, uh, what she's learned leading it, the challenges and the opportunities of her unique purpose-driven model. Her story is crazy. She grew up in Hollywood, she acted, And she became an artist on Atlantic Records, all before starting what is now one of the best known socially conscious fashion brands in the country. I met Caitlin at her home in Los Angeles, where she lives with her husband, Ben, and young son. She was there working for the day on a new book, which you'll hear more about. And a little side note, thanks to LA's wonderful traffic, our time was a little shorter than we both wanted. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did a part two in the not too distant future to what you're about to hear. Without any further ado, here is my conversation with Giving Keys founder, Caitlin Crosby. I remember Jeremy Cowart sending me an email about you, I don't know how many years ago, I mean 10, and then... that just reminded
1: me I have to write him back because (laughs) we were texting and then I... Realized I forgot to write him back. And and I, the last two days, I'm like, I have to write Jeremy back because I love him.
0: So then, like, it, it, he was like, I have this. She's this artist in L.A. And she's starting this thing with jewelry to help homeless people. You need to cover her. Like, Aww. I mean, how long ago was that? When were, when did you start? So I
1: started it 10 years, 10 ago. years
0: ago. So I thought it was 10.
1: Yeah. Wow. Almost 11 years ago. But when I started it. I wasn't even really trying to start something. It was very organic and I was touring full time. And I had a website at the time called loveyourflaws.com with the actress Brie Larson, who's going to be the new Captain Marvel about to come out. And uh, so because we were both raised in this industry in the entertainment industry and we saw all the movie posters happening with everybody being airbrushed we did a movie together and both of our faces got cut off and glued on someone else's body
0: you did a movie i didn't know you acted
1: yeah i grew up acting too really um and um so that's mostly what i did kind of growing up forever and then music it would go back and forth between music and acting and uh, but yeah so we did um brie and i did a movie together it was a, a danny devito movie it was Horrible movie <laughs> went straight to video. So the movie poster was Danny DeVito's face, and then you know the her, his two sons, and then Brie and I were the love interest So yeah, they cut out our faces and glued them on other people's bodies. So we were like, we should start a website to talk about issues like this and what's going on in the media that people are, you know, young girls are comparing themselves to. Our bodies and that's not even us and they couldn't even airbrush us they couldn't even work with what we had like nope shop off their bodies completely it's crazy um and we were wearing outfits on the poster that we never even wore in the movie or ever um anyway so started love your flaws um went around and took thousands of pictures of people holding up signs that said things like my cankles are sexy my chemo fried hair is beautiful my acne is hot um my scar saved my life etc And uh, my first album in 2008 was called Flaws and I had a song called Imperfect is the New Perfect. So I was really into the subject also just as a way to give myself therapy growing up in L.A. my whole life and my dad managing actors and my mom being a model and an actress. And my, my dad growing up managed Charlize Theron and Rene Russo, he still manages her and he still manages Shia LaBeouf and he's right now with Shia at Sundance. So my whole life has been seeing all the behind the scenes of, you know, my dad bailing his clients out of jail and trying to keep it out of the press in the middle of the night. Um, So I always wanted to write songs about issues I was passionate about and putting out content, whether it be songs or jewelry or, um, love your flaws campaigns about, um, different, uh, issues that i was passionate about so anyway was on tour and was passing through new york and the hotel room key i thought it was cool so i put it around my necklace and got compliments on it and i was at a locksmith and the person in front of me got numbers engraved for their apartment i said oh do you have letters can you engrave love your flaws on this key so he did and i saw all these old used keys on the side and i said oh while you're at it can you do Hope, faith, love, fearless, breathe, believe, let go. And this was 10 years ago before it was like cool or trendy to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there was no real, I didn't even know what a social enterprise was or give back brand. Like I kind of heard of Tom's. They had just started, but I, you know, now it's definitely a lot more common.
0: Yeah, but it was like Tom's and then. You guys, and then yeah. Warby, and then, yeah. like, and then it became a thing, yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't a thing,
1: yeah, it wasn't a thing i just I think because I grew up in l a and I felt like no one was passionate about so many things that I saw, whether it be homelessness or drugs and this and that, not that I'm passionate about drugs, but you know, passionate about just seeing so many are. people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but seeing how it was affecting so many people that I knew, and um, so yeah, so I was just always obsessed with wanting to, you know, change the world at that time. I used, you know, that language. Now I don't use that language anymore because I'm older and have different, you know, thoughts.
0: How interesting is that. that? I mean, like, how many, like, college students, they don't, I mean, everybody used to start a band in college and now they start a one c 3 and yeah. they're all going to change the world. And it's like, yeah. well, that thing you're excited about because you just learned about it, you know, there's these organizations that have been working for decades yeah. to address it. Why don't you, like, I don't know, help them versus yeah, yeah. like having to start over, you know? And like, yeah. And then inevitably a few years later, they realize that one person can't change the world or whatever. And they give yeah. up and then they just lose their zeal. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, that's our audience. I mean, we kind of get people in college to like their early thirties and it's yeah. like, we see this arc of like zeal and then discouragement and then apathy. And yeah. Then, you know? Yeah. It's interesting.
1: It's a lot. Once you, I think now, because it has become so trendy so many people get into it because of that reason or, or, or not even necessarily get into it. Even people that are older and business owners and they're like, Oh, this is a way to scale and make money or add money to the bottom line. Let's add, let's add a 10% proceeds go to some charity. Mm -hmm. And, but I think customers, consumers are smart and they can smell when something isn't authentic or where the person, the founder, the company, whatever, isn't, Doesn't really care about it. So when people always ask, like, how do you how do you start a social enterprise or how do you start a nonprofit? I was like, well, first care about an issue deeply. Like, be really passionate about it because it's gonna be your life. And if you're not really passionate about it, you're gonna be over it because the work is too hard. So care about it first and start small with whatever you have. You have a birthday, like Scott Harrison did that with Charity Water. Start small with what you have and. Um, throw your birthday party and just tell people don't give me presents give money to blank and whatever it is that maybe something you've struggled with in your life or something you've seen in your communities or some some injustice that's going on in the world that you're passionate about and started around that first well care about it first have let your heart break for it first and then if you want to build something around it great but not the other way around Mm -hmm. so I I like to call it the backwards business plan Mm -hmm. um But anyway, so back to, I found, so was getting all the different words engraved and then started making jewelry out of them with my cuticle clippers and tweezers. I would sell them on tour at the merchandise tables and people um, would buy them and they would sell out more than my CDs. So I was like, okay, well, thanks for coming to my show. (laughs) And these freaking key necklaces. Um, But I knew people were really resonating with the words. So organically came up with you know get a word that you need in your life but then pass it on to someone you feel needs it more than you it's not just about you and it's not just about us and what we're going through you know it kind of let this be a token yes a daily reminder to you to embrace that word but also a daily reminder to keep your eyes open for someone else who you think might need it more than you so people started writing me on myspace at the time which dates it that it really was 10 years ago um so on
0: my space not more yeah i was like MySpace was 06 to Well I, I okay. Cause like yeah. Facebook was really became a thing in what, 09, maybe? Yeah, no, Twitter became oh eight oh nine. So Facebook would have been like 07. Yes. Anyway, I'm I'm tracking. With yeah, you. yeah. Was, yeah, MySpace. It was toward the end of MySpace. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I know it probably wasn't called DM. Like they DM'd me, but like... Because now we say DM with Insta Instagram, but uh they messaged me on MySpace like I just gave my key away to someone who's about to commit suicide. I just gave my key away to someone who has cancer. I just gave my key away to someone who's being bullied. I just gave my key away to someone who has an eating disorder. I just gave my key away to someone who's going through a divorce or, you know, whatever it was. And I was bawling my eyes out all the time reading these stories of these keys being passed around the world and being used in these really pivotal, you know, huge moments in people's lives. So I was like, I should make a website to store all these stories. So it's not just my mom and I reading them and crying all the time. So made a website and it was, you know, I like drew it myself, (laughs) super not professional. Um, I thought it looked cool, but some of my other friends that uh, they were like, "Mm, you really should get that done professionally. But I'm like, I don't have any money. Like i am just kind of, I drew it and I think it's cool. And I like it. I like the whole do it yourself kind of, organic look anyway but then I knew I wanted the money to go to charity and I didn't know what so I waited for the missing link for about a year and one day I was walking Hollywood Boulevard and I saw a young homeless couple um they lived in a dumpster in a cardboard box and they were holding up a sign that said ugly broke and hungry mm-hmm. and I wasn't thinking about the giving keys at all but again because I grew up in LA I was always going up to people that were living on the streets and um taking them to dinner or whatever so I took them to dinner that night and bought them wine and and great, you know, meal. We just had conversations, and um the girl, two hours into it, she said that she liked making jewelry. And I had my aha moment. Mm. And I said, Oh, the, you are the missing link to the giving keys. Do you guys want to be my business partners? And they were like, Who is this crazy lady? But yes, okay. <laughs> and so the next day I went to the locksmith, bought the engraving equipment, to Pet Boys, bought hammers started paying them to engrave the keys and then they started saving up enough money to get to stay in a motel and then they started saving up enough money got their own apartment i would just hustle and get i got them into fred siegel because i was the barista there in high school so i kind of knew the buyer because i made her lattes so things like that and then it really helped when i was doing music because i'd be in a different state every day so i'd bring them with me and try to find the cool store in that town like nashville who do i know there and um you know, someone introduce me to the buyer at this cool store on State Street that I like. And so I just kind of went around the country and forced keys on, on people <laughs> in their when,
0: stores. When did you transition out of music to do it full time?
1: Huh. Well, I still... When I speak now about giving keys, a lot of times people will be like, can you sing a song or two at the end? So I'll do that kind of thing. But now that I'm pregnant for the second time with a belly bump, I'm like not feeling holding a guitar over over the belly. It just feels weird. And um, I definitely don't want to tour anymore now that I'm married. So the last tour I went on, my husband was smart. It was the day before I left for a tour for a month and it was all guys, me and all guys in a van for a month and so the night before i left was the night that my husband proposed <laughs> to me he's like i'm gonna put a ring on it uh, so and then when i came back and was engaged and then we got married a few yeah. months later it just felt like weird to go on tour again yeah. and i just wasn't the giving keys was taking off so much and all i was doing was emails all day long that my brain was fried that though I was still signed, I was never turning in songs and my publishing deal. I I mean, my, my publisher was constantly like, so did you write any songs this month or this quarter or this year? And it was like, no, not one. Like I just couldn't, I, I didn't have, I didn't. Yeah. My brain was too fried kind of handling the business side of the giving keys, which is still hard for me to, to transition, into this type of role of having employees and managing people and a thousand emails and spreadsheets and Dropbox and links and blah, 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 blah. And it's so the opposite of how, it, you know, what my life was before when I were, you know, when I was working with my cuticle clippers and tweezers and drawing everything on with the Sharpie marker and like our first business cards, I made my Kinko's with the Sharpie marker. And I was like, no, I don't want it to be typed. Can you just Xerox with, what this look like in my little sketches so even now our marketing team now they always laugh at me because I always doodle everything I'm like no kind of like this I just I love everything to be doodled and (laughs) sketched and feel real and authentic Mm -hmm. and old and so it's still kind of hard to fit that in but I'm constantly trying to get that always into everything we're doing so it doesn't look it doesn't feel too polished and like perfect
0: how do you deal with the having to run a enterprise. I mean, you were an artist, a creator, empathy for people and causes. And now you're having to spend your day like managing. And yeah. Honestly,
1: I, I feel like, okay, so this is the first week. You're the first person I'm telling this to. And I was about to tell our president and our COO um, next week, but I don't know if I have the courage. So maybe they'll listen to this, <laughs> but So this is the first week where I wasn't going into the office because I'm working on a book and I have not been able to write this book that I have to turn in in a few months because I can't, I can't shut off that other side of my brain of the office brain and the million emails. And this week, not going into the office, I feel like I have joy again. And my husband is like, I like this version of you. (laughs) way better. Yeah. And I feel like I have a life and it's still been crazy because I still have had meetings and this and that, but just not going into the office has like set my soul free or something. Cause even when I went on my honeymoon, I was doing work emails, hiding in the bathroom, doing work emails on my honeymoon. And I did take a maternity leave for my little boy, but that wasn't like a vacation or anything. Cause you're not sleeping and it's a whole different thing right. that you're learning and focusing on. But, um, but yeah, so I definitely still in the struggle of feeling like this isn't my sweet spot and I've been feeling it for so long. And, but now after this week of not going in and been on a, a, a million conference calls, but it's like, it's confirmation that I need to make stronger boundaries and, and, and I think I, I care too much and wanna please everyone there. And I and I want them to know that I'm working and I don't want them to think that like they're doing all the work and I'm home chilling or going to lunch with girlfriends or whatever. Right. Um, I mean that sounds nice. I wish I could do that. But that's just not I that, that is yeah. the struggle though, is like yeah. you
0: wanna set the example mm-hmm. of like, I expect your best. Look, I'm giving my best. Totally. And like if you're not there Yeah. You I, I, I struggle with the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So but what, are you, like, what are you going to do? I mean, like, so after the book, yeah. are you going to go back to?
1: So I'm due in, Ju- in June for a baby and then my book is due in July. <laughs> so not sure how that's going to work out. I'm going to try to finish the book before, like, oh, like two weeks before I have the baby. That's my goal. So I'm not like. With a newborn trying to write a book, yeah, that just feels like, so wrong yeah. <laughs> and horrible and totally something that I would do. And I don't want to do that because I, I, I want to give this. I want to let this time be precious and focus on this little little nugget that I think we're going to name Love, by the way. My little boy, his name's Brave. Oh, and the gosh. little girl, I think we're going to name her Love. Isn't that so
0: cute? That is amazing.
1: Brave and Love.
0: Like, That's perfect. We're all good. So when you think about, I mean, because you didn't really like set out ten years ago to like start this inter, like no. this massive enterprise. So, and it it's like getting so big now. Like when you think about five ten years from now, like what do you see? Do you see it scaling to the level of like a Toms and investment firms getting involved and it going huge, or do you see it like no no no, no that doesn't make me happy. I want it to be this smaller thing.
1: Yeah, I I wrestle with that because I do have such big vision. For instance, I want, you know, I'd love to do full on apparel and not only T-shirts, which we already do, but like leather jackets and, you know, high quality this and shoes and a makeup line and different eye colors that have different inspirational words behind them, like the whole thing. But at the same time, and even when we have met with investors before and this one guy who I love and he's super passionate about the giving keys and he's also such a big thinker he's like okay i want you to come to me and pitch you know all the different how you guys can be in that tom's world of getting to that level of you know investment in bigness um is that a word i don't think so bigness
0: <laughs> it works
1: hashtag bigness can, can that be the name that's of this,
0: that's, episode? this episode is just hashtag bigness <laughs> That's a huge struggle, though. I mean, like, do you want that?
1: Right. So when I met with him, the last time I met with him, I was like, yeah, totally, yeah. And then I came home and was thinking about it at night, and I kind of had a pit in my stomach, and I was like, right. that sounds really stressful. Right. Like, And to be honest, I mean, I've had times where I've gone to the ER, and, you know, if we're not hitting our numbers or whatever, and, and then we have to lay off people, or this happens, or that, or, oh, my goodness. And that stress... And it's it's hard because, you know, the more we grow and the more we scale and the more products we sell, the more jobs we can create, the more people we can get off the streets. And so far we have been able to get over 120 people that are trying to transition out of homelessness employed. And that's incredible. And I love that so much that I feel like if I have to keep, you know, making it bigger so we can hire more people. But I think now that I have, now that I'm married and have become a mother, my priorities have shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not this young, like, you know, zealous, like, change the world. I'm more like, okay, I need to take care of my child. And,
0: and yourself. And
1: myself and not die. So that's kind of a big priority shift. So, So I'm not sure if I'm going to take up, you know, take the investor up on his offer to present this whole thing and to get a 10 million dollar, you know, investment. Cause then that sounds really stressful too. And
0: because he's, (laughs) he's investing because he wants a return on that investment. So 10 million. Now you got to turn into 20, 30, 40 million. And yeah, that's hard. And that probably doesn't
1: look like me not being in the office. Right. Which I did this week, which brought me so much joy. And that's what I know I need to cultivate more of in my life because I can't give anything to the giving keys.
0: If you're empty.
1: If I'm completely dead inside and empty. And, you know, and I can't give anything to my child or my husband. And my husband, poor guy, definitely gets like, you know, wake up in the morning with screaming toddler exhaustion, right? And then office, a thousand emails all day long, putting out fires all day long, exhaustion. And come right back home to a toddler, exhaustion. And then put the toddler down. It's like, this is what's supposed to be the, you know two hours or hour you have with your husband at night and i'm like i can't move i can't talk i can't don't touch me you know it's just so exhausting so that's not worth it to me to have this big huge thing because i feel like the giving keys is big enough i don't want to sacrifice my family and my marriage for that
0: yeah a lot of people hit that moment yeah i mean i've uh, i started relevant 19 years ago almost wow and it's like we've had seasons where we were doing so many things that i was spread so thin on yeah. fumes that like i couldn't keep all the plates spinning yeah. and then i would you know through whatever hard circumstances or just hitting a wall or whatever you kind of like realize what's going on and of yeah. course correct and I, I i like in the last six months i've just started shutting stuff down that mm-hmm. like used to be great and necessary and then it just became something we have to maintain mm-hmm. and it wasn't bringing me life and it wasn't whatever well let's stop doing that yeah let's create margin yeah see what god does in the margin you mm-hmm. know like how do you create new if you don't if you're maxed out totally you know? and it's been freeing you know yeah like we're not on the other side of it yet but I'm yeah. absolutely like I want to do stuff. I don't want to just maintain a business. Yeah. Even just doing this podcast. It's just like, yeah, I want to like sit down with people. I like, I didn't create anything. I yeah. didn't like do any of the stuff. I just kind of directed it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. That's not the life I want to have. Yeah. Life's short. So it's totally. like, it's not going to change unless you change it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Got to make those hard choices. Well, how does the giving yeah. keys like, like how does it keep the purity of your DNA and your purpose and passion? If, potentially you're entering a new season where you're not as immersed in it. Yeah. How do you protect it?
1: I think I can still like, like, for instance, I had probably four conference calls today and on on each one and did FaceTime with our product team approving everything. Cause I usually go into the office and do three product meetings a week where I'm giving notes on product and um, for upcoming releases, But I can do that on FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still super involved, like, giving notes on everything from a clasp to the tagline and email subject line to everything. Everything. But I just... Not having to be there
0: is just great. Are you a control freak? Perfectionist?
1: I... It depends. Like, in some things, yes. and some things, no. Like like what? Like, certain things, like... If there's a chain that I... (laughs) think looks really cheap that really drives me crazy um but certain things like packaging i'm like oh whatever whatever you guys want to find, i don't really care um so things like that or certain
0: well i mean you can't like be caring about the the tagline and the su- email subject
1: i know but i yeah but stuff like that i i yeah you've got to hand that off i know <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, like you gotta like say, okay, I, I am going to like be all about this part of it and you have to handle that part of it. Yeah, totally. And, and show me the results. Yeah.
1: yeah. But Yeah, you're
0: I'm, not I'm,
1: I'm working on no, I am working on it. And and I do I get our emails every day, and probably right now I'd say 75% of them I don't approve. But every now and then if there's a product that I'm super excited about, I'm like and this one just please make sure when we launch this new product that it says in big letters new or like brand new and 10 exclamation marks like like let's be super excited about it because sometimes we'll launch something and it's new and the the subject line in the email will just be like look on the brighter side or something oh, like no, that and yeah. i'm like this no, no, no. is not exciting yeah like it you didn't say it was new or something like that you know so yeah. i don't know if that's a control feature. I i think it's more like some of them that I'm not, uh, you know, obsessed with, I just don't say anything. It's like, whatever. It's I, I've, I, I've learned to let a lot of things go. I don't remember what the line was exactly, but it was like a executive coach or something that I was working with a few years ago. And he said something like, I'm probably going to butcher it, but he said something like, you can either have everything exactly perfect how you want it in every area of the business, or you can be happy and like sane, I was like oh and like have more peace in your life it's like oh yeah that's that's good so I really had to I think about that like every day <laughs> when there are things that I see that I don't like I'm like let it go I'm not gonna stress myself out I'm not gonna write an email about it. just gonna let it go because I'd rather have peace and I'd rather be happy and I rather yeah so I should get myself a let
0: go key like that's hard <laughs> I, I we all go through seasons of that yeah. right where like those three a, those two a.m emails that you send to your team yeah. and whatever and just like yeah. see the end of the world this thing that you came across whatever, yeah and that's not good
1: yeah that's totally. not good for anybody No, not good for anybody yeah yeah
0: okay so 10 years doing this like obviously you've learned and changed a lot along the way what, what would you have done differently if you could do it over again
1: i think it would be this and it's something I'm, I'm, I'm working on now, but I think it's something I'm just realizing that I want to be better at, that I have consistently done, um, which is I don't stand up in confidence enough for something I believe in. If there's something that I believe in, and I'll, I'll fight for it. But then when I get enough pushback, I'll just back down.
0: Really,
1: and and I think that has been it, it's been at the detriment of certain parts of the business and our mission and whether it be you know, for instance, and while I do understand and respect different team members' pushback for you know re- reasons that are legitimate, like for instance, I I really wanted to always keep real old vintage keys but we were running out and they were getting more expensive to buy and we hired someone to look for them all over the country and he was doing that for a few years and then his resources were drying up so we started partnering with key companies that would manufacture them and I just have never liked them as much as the old ones. I
0: always wondered I always wondered in those early days because I got a couple back then yeah when they were the real ones yeah I always wondered where the like pipeline was of these <laughs> magical keys. Like yeah. surely they're going to run out. Yeah. So you did. Yeah.
1: And, and people would always ask like, where did you get, your, where do you get your keys? And at first I'd get them at locksmiths all sure. over. All right. And then eBay, my dad would get them on eBay. And then we used to, um, there was <laughs> a guy. Yeah. And then once the giving, he started, getting more successful people i think would catch on and then yeah. jack up the prices right. and I'm like we can't buy these <laughs> like we can't right. we can't sell these now with the margin and hire you know do do our mission at the same time but anyway so then we we hired a guy named um jesus and he went around the country to get find keys for us so people would ask where'd you get your keys and we always say from jesus (laughs) 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 um but he could then he ran out too so jesus ran out of keys for us (laughs) no but anyway so um so now so i kind of let that go for a really long time because i saw how frustrated the team was and it was like you know, it was taking too much time to sort through the keys that we would find on eBay and everyone was maxed out and I wanted to respect them. But then years went by and I feel like it's just negatively affected that our kind of brand. And we did a survey and 80% of people prefer the vintage keys than the, than the newer looking shiny ones or trendier ones. So now I've been bringing it up every week like so when's the next meeting for the vintage the vintage keys how are we gonna get that back and here's some ideas and let's do, 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 I do, years, so you
0: do like a I mean, since they're more rare and scarce and more expensive yeah. like do a luxury line, yeah. high-end that's yeah real and then a more mass
1: yeah kind of, so that's, that's what we're kind of thinking so anyway i think sticking to my so to answer the question yeah. it would be sticking to the things i know deep down are the DNA original DNA of the given keys that people love, which is bringing it back to every key is you know one of a kind, just like you. Maybe you feel flawed, old, used, discarded, imperfect, just like this key. Get one that reminds you that you're one of a kind, you're unique, you're special, um, just like this key. So, and even the marketing and the languages, all that we could we could use again that we haven't been able to use in so long. So really um, standing up for that, but in a non-emotional way. Cause I would then be like, everyone's ignoring. Well, I wouldn't maybe say it. I wouldn't say this to them, but inside I would feel like everyone's ignoring me. Like, no, like I don't, I don't know how to be a boss and I don't know how to like make this happen kind of thing. And so then I would just give up and then feel like bitter and resentful. (laughs)
0: because the business required that we had to do this thing that was a compromise that wasn't what yeah it. but you gotta remember the business and the people are there to help you fulfill your vision
1: right and I forget that because yeah. I because
0: your thing that right. you have you pay them money to help you with right versus and you have to do it their way
1: right and, and I struggle with that because I am such a people pleaser uh-huh. the ones I see that they're you know pushing back pushing back and then if and if then I would be yeah, back down. So that's what I would do differently. And what I'm working on now, standing up for having confidence in the authority of that ownership instead of, of um, caving.
0: I bet in this season where you're pulled back a little bit and you're having a little bit more space because of the book and the baby. I bet you're going to come back in the next season with like a clarity of vision to say I want to do this. Now, yeah, maybe the business can do a lot more than that, but this thing, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're going to probably have yeah. that kind of rebirth almost. Yeah. Of yeah. Creative vision like get sapped when you're maxed out. Totally. You know. Yeah. That was Caitlin Crosby make sure to check out their amazing line at thegivingkeys.com. I might have actually just recently purchased a few myself. Hey, if you like this episode of Unedited, I'd love your help spreading word about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on iTunes helps a ton, as well as sharing it on social media. I love seeing all the tags on Instagram. Uh, Thanks for the feedback, everyone. You won't want to miss our next episode when I'm joined by pastor and author Banning Liebscher. 20 years ago, he started Jesus Culture out of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and it became a movement. We've been friends for years. He talks a lot of crap about basketball, and it's always a lot of fun to catch up with him. You won't want to miss it. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.